Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. It's Thursday, September 10th, and... Uh, <laughs> It's NFL opening night here. We're at halftime of the Steelers-Patriots game, so it kind of timed out well for us. And uh, excited to be on the air. And we're going to be with you every, each and every Thursday night at this time. Um, really recapping the first half of the Thursday night game. Maybe look ahead a little bit to the second half. And then covering all the fantasy football action for the upcoming weekend throughout the NFL season. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Aniano from rotoballer.com, draftvalet.com. Uh, and joining me... As he does now since the summer. Doug Dardala, Doug, the preview season is over. Game time is upon us. Uh, joining me via the telephone tonight. How are you tonight, Doug? I'm great, Anthony. I'm very excited to get some real football going. One of my favorite teams, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Not happy with how it's looking so far, but I'm just happy we have real football finally. Yeah, a lot going on. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I want to get your thoughts on the first half of the game. I want to remind everybody the phone lines are open, 347 838 8088. That's if you're listening to us live. And you know what? Honestly, many, many of you are probably watching the game, so maybe you're not listening live. But uh, if you're hearing my voice now, that means you're listening on demand, either on iTunes or here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, so I do appreciate it. So, uh, you know, join us all day Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Go to iTunes, uh, download, subscribe, rate, uh, comment on the show, and let us know what you think. And, uh, and hopefully we, uh, we lead you to some fantasy football glory uh, by the end of December, beginning of January, when all is said and done. Doug, Steelers, Patriots, NFL opening night. Patriots with a uh, with the early lead, Gronkowski, Brady, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, your takes from the fantasy side of things, what we've seen from Pittsburgh, uh, what we've seen from New England, any shocks, surprises? Let's start with Pittsburgh, Doug. What have you thought? Um, I think... Uh... I think that Roethlisberger looks so-so. He doesn't look great. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing the future, Anthony, and the future shows me everybody rushing out to get D'Angelo Williams because he looks very, very sharp. Uh, he does not look like a 32-year-old has been running back. He looks very fresh. Um, so I was a bit surprised at how well he looks. Um, one thing that's really hurting him is uh, Pouncey being out at center. Now Cody Wallace is the backup center. And uh, Cody Wallace is uh, barely holding his own. He let up a uh, a, a sack for uh, Roethlisberger. Hightower got past him. It was one-on-one. He blew right past him. So the mm-hmm. one thing for uh, people like me who's a, a Le'Veon Bell holder, uh, Pouncey being out definitely makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, D'Angelo Williams, interesting. A lot of Le'Veon Bell owners drafted him. I'm curious to know how many actually started him. I'm going to think not many. You know, odds are he was not your you, – you drafted three running backs, Le'Veon Bell and at least two others, and odds are you started them before you drafted D'Angelo Williams. But D'Angelo Williams has played well today, 10 carries, 54 yards. Um, he'll be useful next week. You're going to see a spike in his usership week two. And then by week three, he's buried at the end of your bench, strictly as a handcuff to Le'Veon Bell. Um, Doug, the receiving core in Pittsburgh – you know, Antonio Brown, we know what he's all about. He's having a terrific game, made a great catch at one point. Um, 
But Marcus Wheaton, he's been non-existent. And I actually played him in a daily game this week. Uh, he, I think he went for $3,800 on DraftKings. He's, he's done nothing. I think he had one drop, and that's about it. Are you surprised by that? Would you, would you have put your faith in Marcus Wheaton this week? Um, I would not have put my faith in Marcus Wheaton. Uh, the one drop he had, I mean, he, he, he laid out for that ball as best as he could. He, I mean, mm-hmm. he got his hands on it. it. I mean, it looked like it was fingertips. I wouldn't really put the blame on him too much. I mean, he really went for that ball as hard as he could. Uh, who I think also looks fantastic is Heath Miller. Looks rejuvenated. Yeah. Yeah, he, Miller looks great. Four catches, 50 yards. So he's already given you nine fantasy points in a PPR league. Antonio Brown, like we said, five to 64. So he's over 11 points already. Uh, you know, and, 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 that, and I said it, and Doug, we talked about it all, all summer as we previewed. Antonio Brown, to me, was the number one pick um, uh, in, in any fantasy draft in a PPR league. You know, here's a guy, right now, he's, he, you could say he hasn't had a major impact. But when this game is over, he's on pace for 10 catches and 128 yards. In a PPR league, that is a monster game. He doesn't even need to get into the end zone. That's just how much volume he gets from Roethlisberger, Doug. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, they're giving him a lot of targets, and not even necessarily deep targets, just a bunch of quick uh, passes. Mm -hmm. One, uh, they try to trick play. They try to have him throw the ball. Um, I don't know if that goes down for negative carries for him because he threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage for a, a, a pass pass. It didn't work out. But uh, they're getting the, the ball to him as fast and just basically letting him, you know, get the ball in his hands like you should with any superstar and just see what he does with it. And, you know, he's doing pretty well so far. Yeah, he's off to a terrific start. New England side of things, Doug, Tom Brady. Listen, you and I talked, I think it was earlier today or yesterday, and, and we said it. Brady's going to light this thing up. He's angry over the whole suspension thing. He's walking on this field, and he's lighting it up. And that's exact. I mean, Doug, 15 of 17, 172 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, both of them, not surprisingly, to Gronk, who's got three for 41 and two DDs. Doug, if you were one of those guys who drafted – I mean, this is a legitimate question because it happened all over the place. If you're one of those guys who drafted Brady as your second quarterback – because we saw him slide on draft day, right? Um, so he was sliding late. People were like, well, I'm not going to have him for four games. I'm not drafting him in my top 12. I'll draft him as my QB too. If you're one of those guys, is Brady now starting over just about anybody else you drafted? Um, just about. I mean, if I have Luck or if I have Rodgers, um, you know what? I would be comfortable giving either Brady – or Rodgers up for a trade. I mean, either one of those guys is more than sufficient. Um, but I, I think anyone after that, you want to start him the, whole, the entire time. And if you have a Roethlisberger or a Manning or a Drew Brees as your first quarterback and you want to stick with Brady, you sh- hopefully you should get some good value in, in, a, in a trade. I mean, if you want to hang on to him, I get that. But if you want to get uh, – a really nice running back, a wide receiver, with, say, unless somebody throws in like a Tannehill with the trade, I think that's definitely worth the money. Doug, let me, let me pose this scenario to you. And let's say you ended up with Gronkowski in round one or two. And then a round later, you, decide, you, you decided to buck the trend, and you said, I'm going to take Gronk. Best tight end on the board. You could say I, I should take a receiver first, but you know what? Gronk's basically a receiver anyway. 
Right. And then you follow that up with, say, Luck or Rodgers. And you say, okay, I got the best quarterback, I got the best tight end. And then somewhere in round 10, you drafted Tom Brady. The ability to double point Brady and Gronk every week, does that put Andrew Luck or Aaron Rodgers on your bench over Tom Brady? Um, you know what? It definitely it definitely does. Uh, actually, Anthony, I mean, a that's guy insane in that, that was saying that. That's crazy that we're saying bench luck or Rogers, but there are people out there who have that combination. I, I agree with you. Go on. I'm sorry I cut you off. No, uh, well, a, a guy we that we're friends with in our league, he picked Gronk in the first round. Then I believe he took Luck in the second round. Yeah. And then he got Brady. And I said to him this week, I said, Hey, listen, you should play both those guys together. They're going to double up. And it's going to be outstanding. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think they would have two touchdowns. But, I mean, I thought at least possibly a touchdown. And uh, you know what? And he, I believe he did it, and he's cashing in on this combination right yeah. now. He, he's got both of them going. I mean, and, and i got to believe other people have that combination. I mean, and that's fascinating. Here's Andrew Luck potentially sitting on a bench because you now have the ability to double up Brady and, and Gronk. Now, don't be a fool. Trade Luck. Make that move. Trade Rodgers. Make that move. You're going to be fine with Tom Brady. Now, the downside to Brady, Brady's bye week is week four. So, so that bye week fill-in is coming quick, quicker than you'd probably like. Um, but you make that move. You, you pick up a Carson Palmer off the free agent wire maybe, a Derek Carr. You survive week four. And, and you double up. If you are a Gronk owner and a Brady owner, and you drafted Brady as your QB2, Brady's now your QB1. It doesn't matter who your QB1 is uh, or who you thought was your QB1. Uh, the ability to double up on those points is just astronomical. Um, I think, Doug, we agree Pittsburgh has not played well. I think New England goes on to win this game. Some other stats of interest. Julian Edelman, PPR gold as always, six receptions for 60 yards. Um, Amendola, that's really it. Nobody's really been a factor. Doug, running back situation in New England is interesting. Dion Lewis has been the guy with a Garrett Blount in. Six carries for 21 yards, three and a half yards per carry. He also has three catches for 32 yards. So you're looking at the uh, about five, about eight fantasy points in a PPR league at this point. Dion Lewis um, going to be a waiver wire ad next week or with Blount back. Does he, do you think he just he falls by the wayside? Main, maybe only becomes a handcuff for the Garrett Blount owners. Well, uh, Anthony, it's funny you mention that because uh, I wrote down Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth's quote: He said that Tom Brady said, and I quote, that Deion Lewis is going to become a cult hero in New England. So, and that's coming from Tom Brady. I mean. How can you doubt the guy? You got to keep. Uh, the, uh, he's another guy with Angel, D'Angelo Williams. He's another guy that Evans going to be rushing out to get on the waiver wire this week. Um, so the thing is, it's New England. You never know. By week three or four, right. he could be in the doghouse. Yeah, I agree, um, Doug. I got to be honest with you. Dion Lewis though would be way higher on my choice of waiver wire options than D'Angelo Williams, strictly because Dion Lewis at least has the potential to have impact throughout the season. Um, after next week, and I think you agree with me, D'Angelo Williams is, is becomes, I don't want to say useless, but will have very little fantasy impact once Le'Veon Bell is back. Yeah, well, you're, you're hoping that other people will not realize that or forget that and go out and grab D'Angelo Williams. But I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, Lewis has the potential of playing the entire, entire season as a starter, 
whether that actually happens or not, we don't really know. But D'Angelo Williams, won, I say let everyone else go out and get him this week. He's going to be huge on the, uh, the ad list for the waiver wire. Let people do that. Don't waste a pick for one week. Uh, definitely I, Dion Lewis. I, I, I think the guy's really uh, – they compared him to Danny Woodhead. Uh, I mean, I Shane know. Vereen, I've heard the comparison type. Yep. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, we've seen a half. Uh, the second half has started. We'll see how he does. But, I mean, right now he just looks really, really good. Yeah, he does. He's active. You like the fact that he's catching the ball. I don't need Deion Lewis on my team to rush for 120 yards. If I pick up a Deion Lewis, I want 50 yards rushing, five catches for 50 yards, and, and I've suddenly got 15 points a game out of a running back off the waiver wire. I'll be thrilled with that, my friend. Uh, out of Deion Lewis, he's going to be an interesting add. But like you said, I mean, right, well, uh, Jonas Gray last year, four touchdowns in one game. People were tripping over themselves to get on the waiver wire, and he was fantasy irrelevant by the next week. Um, just be careful. Bill Belichick does not like fantasy football, and he mixes <laughs> up his running backs. You know, LeGarrette Blount's still going to have an impact on this team, so that's going to be interesting going forward. Doug, let's take a look forward now, right? Sunday, big day, <coughs> lots of great matchups. Um, we have uh, a whole slew of 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games, as we know. We have the Giants visiting the Cowboys Sunday night primetime at 8.30. We have two Monday night games going on like they do every year, week one. You've got the Eagles and the Falcons in what should be a shootout at 7.10. You've got the Vikings traveling to San Francisco at 10.20. Not the most exciting game, but it is the return of Adrian Peterson. So eyes will be on that as well. So, Doug, let's take a look at the very important start six. Now, I'm always a big believer here, Doug. Week one, you play the guys you drafted, right? I'm not benching a guy who a running back I drafted in round two for a running back I drafted in round 11 just because I got a hunch. You drafted the guy in round two. He, he's your bell cow. You got to roll with him, but there's always exceptions. So, Doug, let's start with the quarterback position. And you know the obvious must-start guys, right? Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, guys like that. I think Russell Wilson. Um, but I want to throw a few names at you, and you tell me, and we're going to, uh, we're going to preface this debate, this conversation, we're in a 12-team PPR league, that'll be the format we'll go with. If anybody's out there listening and wants to talk about a different format, feel free, give us a call, 347-838-8088. So, Doug, I'm going to throw some names at you, get your thoughts, maybe you got, I know you have a list there in front of you, you throw some ideas back at me. But I want to start the conversation with, about Sam Bradford. Uh, double ACL surgery, right, two times on the left knee, I believe. Well, he's playing at Atlanta against an Atlanta defense that was just terrible last season. He's quarterbacking a unbelievable offense in terms of, of plays, number of plays called, and, and the ability to quick strike. And they're improved, right, with DeMarco Murray. Uh, Sam Bradford, 12-team league, is he a must-start? Um, must-start, No. An option to start, yes. I mean, in, in a 12-team format, I mean, I, I like him. I, the matchup, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that against playing against Atlanta. Um, yeah. I, I would say borderline must start, but not definitely a must start. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. Like, I look at it. Um, there are guys I would play him over. You know, I would... I would Give play, me a list. I would Who would you start him over? I would consider playing him over Drew Brees. Drew Brees has a tough matchup on the road at Arizona. That's a good Arizona defense uh, with a good secondary. Patrick Peterson, 
the honey badger back from you know two years from the ACL surgery. <clears throat> it's a, it's a it's a tough matchup. I probably wouldn't have the guts to play him over Peyton Manning. But Peyton Manning's got a tough matchup in Baltimore. You know how much is Peyton Manning going to be? How much are the Broncos going to be running the ball? Yeah, uh, Drew Brees is in a new offense without Jimmy Graham. Is is Brandon Cooks really the real deal, or are they going to lean on Mark Ingram now? Would I play Sam Bradford over Eli Manning and Tony Romo? Traditionally, Cowboy Giant games are a shootout. I get that, but but there are guy. I there are some matchups there that that you know Bradford makes interesting. I'd play him over Philip Rivers. I totally would play him over Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers versus Detroit. That's a tough matchup. That Detroit defense is good. What do you think? Yeah, you know that that's a. I mean that one right there. You said Philip Rivers. That's a tough call because Rivers. I mean I I can see Rivers versus Detroit. Yes, Detroit has a good defense, but that's a shootout waiting to happen. If you play mm-hmm. Bradford over Rivers, I can't kill you for it. Um, if you if you play Rivers over Bradford, I mean that's I'm I'm really fine either way. That's basically a coin flip for me. But um, you know, as far as Romo and Eli, I wouldn't start. There are very very few people who start over those two because uh, I mean. The Giants versus uh, the Cowboys, especially in Week One. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a track meet. It's a track meet. Right. Uh, Tom Brady third touchdown pass of the night. This time to former Buffalo Bills, new New England Patriots tight end Scott Chandler. Uh, this game is going to be over, or is over, I think at this point. Patriots are just rolling along. Um, you know, I, I just think – I think of all the tight quarterbacks, Doug, that were drafted as quarterback twos, Sam uh-huh. Bradford has the highest upside out of all of them this year. You know, uh, um, the highest upside? Maybe. You know who I like ahead of him? I like Carson Palmer this year a lot. Really? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, and you know what? I, I actually have him on my list of stardom against the Saints this week. I think he's going to okay. have a, a monster week. Um <sighs> I would I would start I would start Palmer over Bradford. Uh, Bradford he, really? he, he's he's been banged up a lot. Carson Palmer he's he's older he's also banged up a lot. But I think he also feels like he has a lot to prove and he's going to start this week against a relatively weak defense. Doug, let me ask you this question just to stay on that game a little bit. Who's the wide receiver to play this week in Arizona? Is it Floyd? Is it Fitzgerald? Or is it John Brown? I have my opinions. I'll get to them after you give yours. Um, well, I said a few weeks ago, I think right now John Brown is going to be the guy in Arizona. Yep. I drafted him in several leagues uh, like he's the guy. And you know what? I mean, you, you really you never know. I think I think uh, Fitzgerald, God love the guy. He's had a great career. I, I think he's the third man on the, on the totem pole right now. Yeah, I agree. I think John Brown is the guy to go. Um, I tried to get him in a, the Series XM Dynasty League I'm in. Couldn't couldn't work out the trade. Guy can fly. Uh, I think he's going to be Palmer's guy. I love John Brown this week, and I think in like Fanduel DraftKings, Fanduel, I think he's going for like forty five hundred dollars. He is a cheap option right now uh, in the daily game, and I've got him in as many lineups as I could uh, uh, on Fanduel and DraftKings just because his value is great. And I I agree. If you're playing a, if you're playing against the Saints, and that passing offense is is even respectable. There are going to be options there to use, whether in a weekly or a daily league. Doug, any other quarterbacks you like this week that are outside of the norm of the Rodgers and Lux and Peyton Mannings? You know, uh, yes. I, I 
I didn't think I'd be saying this, but I, I like Cam Newton against the Jaguars. Um, the, the Jaguars' first-round pick uh, got hurt. You know, their defense, until they show me otherwise, they're one of the bottom defenses in the league. I could see Cam Newton. Actually, Anthony, not only do I have the pick for him, but I have some numbers for uh, predictions for him. I predict that uh, Cam Newton's going to throw for 275 yards, one touchdown. He's going to run for 75 yards and rush for a touchdown as well. Yeah, I think that's where Newton's impact's really going to be, uh, is on the ground. Um, I like a few guys from Carolina this week. I like Cam Newton. I'm not a huge Newton guy, but it's a good matchup to play him in. I love Jonathan Stewart, and I love Greg Olson. Uh, until Carolina establishes who their wide receiver corp is going to be, I think Olsen benefits the most, and I think Stewart is going to be terrific. The Jaguars' defense allowed 127 yards rushing a game and 18 total touchdowns to running backs last season. If there was ever a reason to play Jonathan Stewart, that's it. You know, I mean, you're looking at a touchdown a game, essentially, uh, 120 yards. You get that out of Jonathan Stewart week one, you are thrilled. You're probably even drafting him as your RB3, but this is a matchup where I think Jonathan Stewart bumps up to the RB2 category, and uh, and he's a must-start. I think both Newton and Stewart will see the end zone on the ground. Uh, any other QBs, Doug, that you're interested in? Yeah, Jameis Winston. He is playing this really? week against the, t- the Titans. Yes. I'm going with the rookie quarterback in week one. His first game is in, in his entire career. I like him against the Jaguars. They say this guy is a study hawk, and he's, he's almost mm-hmm. Peyton, Peyton Manning-like in the classroom, which, you know what, coming out of college, I, I didn't realize that, and I, I respect that immensely, you know, as far as work habit, but I think he's going to have a real nice game. That's interesting. Um, you know, rookie quarterback's always tough. Uh, you know, I would play him if I was in a deeper league. I don't know if I could do it in 12 league, but if I'm in a 14 <laughs> or a 16 all right, I'll entertain the thought of Jameis Winston. At the same time, you know, Jameis Winston, if, if you like him, and I do understand the, the the appeal in the matchup, you know, if you like Jameis Winston and you want to play him and as a cheap option at quarterback in a daily game, well, you know, you know, as I'm pulling it up right now, Jameis Winston is not going to cost you much, folks, uh, at quarterback. Jameis Winston in the daily game, is currently sitting at a price tag of $6,900, just above Ryan Fitzpatrick of 68. He's going for less than players like Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton. He's actually less this week than Robert Griffin. Robert Griffin on FanDuel is going for 7,300. He's the Redskins' third-string quarterback. Jameis Winston's 6,900. And then you get into Carson Obama. So if you want to load up on, on other skill players and try to sneak a quarterback through, I got to agree with Doug. Jameis Winston could be a sneaky play. I think he's going to throw for two touchdowns, but there's also the possibility he's going to throw for three picks. Um, Mike Evans is probably not playing for Tampa, so be aware of that. He does have a hamstring. Uh, Tampa's coaches said he doesn't need to practice in order to play, but it doesn't look good for Mike Evans making Vincent Jackson the primary pass catcher there, and I think a little more emphasis on tight end Austin Safar and Jenkins. And running back Doug uh, Doug Martin, uh, D'Angelo Williams busts about a 30-yard run there. All right, Doug, let's move over now to the running back position. Um, we have the obvious ones, right? Eddie Lacy at Chicago, that's a dream matchup. Jeremy Hill at Oakland is a dream matchup. What's up, Doug? 
Uh, real quick, I want uh, you know, for people like me who don't really do the FanDuel thing, tell me what that exactly means, price comparatively, for how much James James Winston is going for. You said sixty nine hundred dollars. What compared to what, for example, like okay. for like say a Joe so, Brees so, or a Peyton Manning? Right. Well, the the salary cap on FanDuel, Doug, is about sixty thousand dollars. The top costing quarterback this week on FanDuel. DraftKings prices are a little different. I have FanDuel in front of me, so we'll reference FanDuel right now. Um, $60,000 cap, and you have to fill nine positions. Um, Quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, so that's six. Tight end kicker defense, nine positions. So it averages out to $6,666 per position if you want to play it straight. Andrew Luck, his financial number is $9,700. I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers is 9,700. Luck is 9,200. Manning is 9,100. Breeze 8,900. Russell Wilson 88. Romo 87. Cam Newton is 8,400. Eli is 83. Um, Flacco's 82. Rivers is 81. Ryan Tannenhill is 8,000. Uh, those are kind of the top echelon. So Winston is a starting quarterback going for only 6,900. If you like you said, if you're confident in his matchup this week uh, at home against the Titans in a battle of rookie quarterbacks, um, he's going to provide you value of 6900 which will then allow you to maybe spend more on a running back uh, or get two high-cost running backs. And getting, instead of getting a high-priced running back and a medium or a low-cost running back, uh, maybe you spend big on two running backs or you spend big on two of your three wide receivers. Odell Beckham is the top-costing wide receiver. He's $8,900. But there's always wide receivers you could find cheap. For example, um, uh, What's Brown going for? You know, Antonio Brown is... No, I'm sorry, well, John he's Brown. on the Sunday. Oh, John Brown, I was just... I, th- I want to say I saw him for 5500 Might even be less. Let's see. That could be a massive John, bargain. Yes, exactly. Uh, putting him in a must-play situation. Eddie Royal is five thousand. John Brown is five thousand. Okay. John Brown is five thousand. Tyler Lockett, the rookie from Seattle, is forty-eight hundred. He's a nice value. Uh, Devontae Adams is a relatively good value this week too. Uh, I saw him. He's at fifty-five hundred as well. So there's wide receivers to get that could be valued. I'm sorry, John Brown of Arizona is six thousand. Six thousand. Okay. He's the same as Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Michael Floyd of Arizona is sixty one hundred. So, um, so when you look at that, that you know that's the price tag. That I, I don't know if I could trust a rookie when with my money on the line. But the benefit of Winston is, if you're right, the odds are a lot of people are not going to have him in the lineup. You know, everybody. You know, I'll, I'll, you don't want the most commonly played player because you're not going to have a benefit over everybody else. You know, guys who played Thursday night who doubled up and went Brady and Gronk are obviously in a good way. I think I did play Brady in some daily games, so he's given me some points, hopefully putting me in the money potentially, uh, although there's still plenty of football left to be played. So, Doug, let's take a look now, though, at the running back position. And like I was saying, we have our, our, our you know some great matchups. Eddie Lacy at Chicago, Jeremy Hill at Oakland, Lamar Miller at Washington, DeMarco Murray at Atlanta, uh, Adrian Peterson at San Francisco. Uh, I mean, these are just premier matchups. Um, 
Doug, but I will bring up one matchup I do like a lot in a PPR league especially, and that's Andre Ellington at, ho- uh, uh, at home against the New Orleans Saints. We know the Saints defense has a lot to be desired. I could see Ellington putting up a big game. You know, it's, it's kind of a catch-22. I mean, he has a potential for a big game against uh, New Orleans. But the thing is, the coach over there in Arizona, they don't like how he got nicked up a lot last year. So I could see them, you know, splitting him a lot with uh, with David Johnson. Yeah, but even if they split him, I still think in a PPR format, he's going to be good for five or six catches. Uh, again, to me, he's that guy. If he comes out and gives me – 50 or 60 yards on the ground and five catches for 50 yards, I'll take those 15 points very happily out of Andre Ellington. I think he's a nice little play. Uh, What about you, Doug? Any running backs you see on the board that you kind of like a lot this week? Yeah, you know what? Just for volume's sake, with C.J. Spiller out, I like Mark Ingram against the Cards. I know the Cardinals are a good defense or a solid defense, but he's going to get a lot of touches, and that could, you know, after a while, if he's banging away, banging away, plus he's also a very good – Receiver, I could see him getting uh, definitely in double digits this week. Yeah, I agree. I think you got to play Ingram, but I don't think you're going to see him play his best game. Arizona last season, now I know they lost their defensive coordinator, but a lot of the players are in place. They prom- they promoted their linebackers coach to uh, offensive coordinator. Um, they only allowed three 100-yard rushers last year. So I think Ingram can struggle maybe for yardage. Maybe he finishes only 60, 70 yards. But, Doug, I will say this. I do think he pushes one in the end zone at least. Um, You know, Doug, another running back I like, and maybe I'm crazy, I like Chris Ivory a lot this week against the Cleveland Browns. I don't expect much out of Cleveland, and I think the Jets are going to get that ball to Ivory 20 times this week. Uh, Your thoughts on Ivory? Is he a useful fantasy option? You know, on weeks like this, playing against the Cleveland Browns, he's going to be a ground-and-pound guy. you know, he, he's going to be going four yards here, five yards there. You know, once in a while he'll mm-hmm. bust out an eight- to ten-yard run. Um, I agree. As a, as a running back three, as a flex position, uh, I would not mind playing him at all. Yeah, Brown's defense last year allowed a league-high 142 yards rushing per game. I mean, that's just astronomical numbers. And they're playing uh, in New Jersey. Right, they're, they're playing, playing in New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. So, uh, so I, yeah, I you know I agree. I, I, I like Ivory against Cleveland. Another guy I like, uh, as a matter of fact, I have a pr- prediction, a bold prediction, if you will. I like Doug Martin against the Titans. Uh, like you said, with uh, Mike Evans, I can't see them, you know, they, they said he could practice this week if he wanted to, but they're sitting him. Uh, I just don't see him suiting up very much or being a decoy. But, I mean, why risk it? The guy's in the second year. He's got a massively high ceiling this year. I, I think they're going to give the ball a lot to the tight end, Austin Safarian. I think they're going to give it the ball to Vince Jackson and to Doug Martin. My prediction, Anthony, this week, I predict that Doug Martin is going to out-touch, out outscore all the Cowboys running backs combined. Wow. Wow, you're high on Martin. I mean, he had a terrific summer. Uh, uh, that's for sure. He practiced well. His preseason games were good. Quick update on the game, 21-11. to 11. Uh, Johnson with a one-yard run. Uh, Two-point conversion failed. You know, a couple of quick stats updates here. Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown, six catches for 97 yards. Uh, Roethlisberger is up to 199 yards, but he limped off the field after the two-point conversion attempt. Looks like he bent up his knee a little bit on that uh, replay. Doug D'Angelo Williams is at 100 yards rushing on 14 carries. 
Uh, Heath Miller, 4 for 50 still. Marcus Wheaton still getting shut out. You know, New England, Brady, 199 and three touchdowns. Deion Lewis, nine carries, 45 yards. Edelman, eight for 80. And Gronk still at three for 41. And we talked about Chandler getting one catch, a one-yard touchdown pass. Doug, a lot of running backs to choose from. Somebody else I love this week. Uh, San Diego plays a tough defense against the run. That's the Detroit Lions. I think if Detroit – and I think that helps Danny Woodhead. Um, I'm going to say it right now. Here's my prediction. Danny Woodhead gives you eight catches this week for about 40 to 50 yards. That's a 13-, 14-, 15-point fantasy game. Uh, I think Detroit has a hard time running the ball, and I think Woodhead has an impact there this week. Uh, your thoughts? Am I crazy? What do you kind of see the light on Danny Woodhead? You know, Anthony, it's a, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I've seen Melvin Gordon's ADP drop significantly, maybe at least, mm-hmm. I'd say at least by a round in the past few weeks. I, I, I don't think I think they they want to invest him in, in him in San Diego. I don't think they're sold on him yet. I think, like you said, Woodhead's going to get a lot of touches. And he's he's a very cheeky little player. He's quick. He's getting a lot of touches. Um, eight eight receptions. I, I see easily eight receptions. Probably at least another ten uh, ten uh, ten rushes for him. He can he he should easily not easily. I can see him giving you fifteen points in fancy uh, fancy points easily this week. In a PPR league, Danny Woodhead or Shane Vereen? Danny Woodhead. Wow. Okay. Here's another yeah, I mean, question. I, I couldn't kill charge. you for Vereen, but I mean, the thing is, that there are so many mouths to feed um, in New York as far as the the backfield. I think uh, mm-hmm. Andrew Williams is, is going to get a little more touches than people think this season uh, to start out. But I mean, when it's Dallas versus uh, the Giants, it's, it's going to be a shootout. I mean, Vereen, he's a nice play, but I would take, I would take, yeah, I would take uh, Woodhead over Vereen this week, definitely. All right, that's interesting. I, I'm I'm in a situation in the series league where I got to deal with both of them, and I'm I'm still flip flopping back and forth until Sunday. Uh, I, mean, I am leaning towards Woodhead as well. Here's a question for you. You mentioned Melvin Gordon. Um, pick two: Jonathan Stewart against Jacksonville, Andre Ellington against the Saints, or Melvin Gordon. Pick two. Pick two. Oh, easily drop uh, Gordon without without a doubt. Bench Gordon. Yeah. I agree. I'm going to go with Ellington and Jonathan Stewart. These are some questions we're getting in the chat room right now. Um, Doug, a quick question for you. Yes. Uh, Because here's my dilemma. I have one league as a flex play. I have either Vereen or uh, Gio Bernard. Vereen. Yeah? uh, Yeah, I'm going to lean towards Vereen. Okay. I think okay. Jeremy Hill is going to touch the ball 20 to 25 times. I think Jeremy Hill is going to go for 1,400 yards this year. Um, Gio's going to get a few catches. But I, I think the Giants are going to make a point of getting Vereen the ball. He's their big addition this offseason. And uh, I, I think they're going to make a point of showing what they signed and what they got. I'm going to say Vereen's good for five catches, 40 to 50 yards. He may even surprise with a few carries as well. Uh, Rashad Jennings, Andre Williams, they're okay runners, but they're nothing to get overly excited over. Uh, I, I think Vereen will be all right for us this year. And uh, and, and a useful fantasy player, flex type of option, uh, sure. a, a running back on a bye week fill-in type <laughs> of guy. Doug, let's keep going through this list. i got a few more running backs to talk about. Tevin Coleman, the rookie out of Indiana, he's number one running back for the Atlanta Falcons. 
He's going up against the Philadelphia defense in what should be a shootout uh, on Monday night. Uh, is Tevin Coleman worth a start as an RB2? Or we don't know enough yet about how this is going to work in Atlanta. Are we, are we keeping Coleman on the bench until we see a bigger sample size? You know, Anthony, I'm, I'm, I've always been an all-or-nothing type guy. Uh, I think uh, I, they're not sold on Devonta Freeman. I think they like Coleman a lot. I think he's going to get a lot of ball. I think he's going to be the guy in Atlanta, and I would have no problem. You know, I know he's a rookie, and like you said, not a big sample size. But I just, I, I, I'm, I'm all in. I just say go for it. Don't, you know, when in doubt, for me, jump in both feet. I like Coleman this week a lot. Would you rather play Coleman? If you have a couple of different rookies, let's say T.J. Yeldon against Carolina or, or Tevin Coleman against the Eagles. Whew, that, that, that's a rough one because, you know, I, I'm very high on Yeldon as well. I like his matchup mm-hmm. too. I mean, he's playing a decent defense. He's playing the Carolina Panthers. They're a solid defense. But, I mean, just volume-wise, he's a three-down back. Uh, they like yeah. him there a lot. They, they like his, his pass protection a lot. So he's going to be on the field for three, uh, for three downs. So, you know, um, for me, I, I think I think Jacksonville is going to be better than people think this year. You know, I, th- I think uh, uh, Blake Bortles is going to be a, a lot better. I think Allen Robinson's nice. Uh, when Thomas comes back, he's going to be nice. They're going to be a, a not a great, but a decent uh, a decent offense and some good options for fantasy. I like Yeldon this week a lot. I know he's playing a, a better defense than uh, Coleman is. But just just for volume's sake, for touch's sake, I like him this week. He's on my he's yeah. On my I do. I, I like I like Yeldon too over Coleman. I I do. I have I have Yeldon as a safe RB two in my rankings. He's a top twenty four play. Uh, I'm even going to put him right about in the top fifteen because of exactly what you said. There's no real competition there. They're going to go with the kid. He's going to get the. I mean, this is a kid who missed the first couple of weeks of the summer, and he still was handed the starting job, so you got to figure that's how impressive he is. Doug, let's slide over. We've got about 20 minutes left, so let's move over to the wide receiver position. You know, we know who the studs are, right? Demarius Thomas, Beckham, Julio Jones. I think Brandon Cooks is a superstar. I think Brandon Cooks lights it up this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons, Doug. What do you think about Brandon Cooks? Uh, you, you know... I'm not I'm not in on Cooks just yet. I mean, I, I drafted him in the league as well. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if they double him up, what are the other options? You know, I mean, it's, you have Brandon Coleman, who people are high on. They say he may surpass uh, uh, Colston in the lineup. Uh, and, and, you know, Spiller's not there. Ingram's not there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not big on Cooks this week, i got to say. No, I'm all in on Cooks. I think... Uh, you know, last season Atlanta was a defense you stacked against. I think you do it again this year. They haven't done anything really different to impress me. I think Cooks lights it up. I'm going to say seven catches, a hundred something yards. He's going to get in the end zone myself. Uh, Des Bryant, Calvin Johnson, AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, Doug Jordan Matthews. Is he the, is he the wide receiver for the Eagles to play uh, against Atlanta against um, against Atlanta this week? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I again, I have him in the league as well. Uh, I have a three D plus a flex of four uh, four position uh, league, and he's one of my starting uh, wide receivers. Uh, he's, I think, he's going to have you know again a lot of mouths to feed in Philadelphia as well. Zach, I actually have Zach Ertz as my in my sit column 
this week. But I think uh, Jordan is going to get uh, Jordan Matthews. He's, I'm thinking he's good for eight, seven or eight touches, 100 yards, maybe even touchdown. I misspoke earlier. I said Brandon Cooks was playing Atlanta. I, I should have said Arizona. But uh, even though Arizona's defense we know is better than Atlanta, I'm still not afraid to play uh, Brandon Cooks. I'm still expecting big numbers out of him. I think he'll be fine. Doug, you mentioned Jordan Matthews, Zach Ertz. What about the rookie Agola? Um, are you willing to trust another rookie in your starting lineup for week one, again from Philadelphia going against Atlanta? Um, you know what? I, I Am I comfortable? I'm comfortable with him with playing him, but it depends on who I'm playing him over. I mean, I mean, give me some options. Would I, would I take him over? Well, uh, are you going to look at him? Let me ask you this: um, Would you be comfortable playing him as your wide receiver two, or comfortable playing him as a flex play, or a wide receiver three flex? I would say a wide receiver three flex, possibly. I mean, if I have Vincent Jackson uh, in my lineup as well, I would put Jackson over him. I would put Eddie Royal over him against the Packers. Yeah, watch Eddie Royal. He's a little nicked up. Make sure he's playing. But I do. I agree with you. I like Eddie Royal a lot this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, you know, he he may be this week, he may be the number one guy. Yeah. uh, They're saying Alshon Jeffrey's making progress, but that's a sticky situation. He he, he may be the dreaded game-time decision. And let's be honest, there's nothing worse than that. Doug, what about this? What about Nelson Algola uh, against Atlanta or Jeremy Macklin of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, playing at Houston? You know, I, I don't uh, – I, I actually have Macklin in my sit column against the Texans. I mean, you know, if, if they if they stack the – I mean, you know what? With Clowney going and, – and you know what? I'll be honest with you, Anthony. The way things are right now – I have to admit I am a bit influenced by uh, watching Hard Knocks and watching the Texans on Hard Knocks, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, J.J. Watts is, I mean, he's just, he's the guy as far as defense is concerned right now. And Clowney, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, you know, the whole question about him was his work ethic, but I think being around a guy like J.J. Watts all season, I think he's, he's hungry to prove himself. And I would not want to be playing against that defense this week. So, I mean, the only person, you know, if, you, if your name's not Charles in Kansas City, I'm not putting you on the field. Yeah, I agree. I'd play Charles and I'd play Travis Kelsey at tight end. I, yeah, I, that's I about agree. all I would roll with. Um, Doug, what about the Jets wide receivers? Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker. Um, good matchup. They're playing Cleveland. Uh, can we trust the Jets wide receiver in the Jets passing game at all in week one? I don't think either of these guys would be viewed as a wide receiver one. Could you view him as a wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver three, or a flex play? You know, coincidentally, Anthony, I also have Brandon Marshall in my sit category against the Browns. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, they they have you know they're not the strongest defense, but they have a very tough secondary. Um, I would rather play Eric Decker over Brandon Marshall. I could see him getting in the slot, getting some better balls, some better looks, and being less covered than Brandon Marshall. Any other wide receivers, Doug, that you like or don't like? Either way. Um, I don't like Deshaun Jackson against the Dolphins. Um, Deshaun Jackson, he, I think he probably went around, around what, maybe six. So he's not really a must-start anyway. Um, but I also I, I like Allen Robinson against the Panthers as well. I'm, I'm I'm big on Jaguars this week, Anthony. I like Allen Robinson. I think he's I'm predicting for him to get about six or seven receptions and about 125 yards this week, maybe even a touchdown. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. I like it. Uh, I like Jarvis Landry a lot this week from Miami. I like him going against the Washington Redskins. Uh, yeah, it's like anybody against John the Redskins, Anthony. I've got to be honest. Right. I, we, we spoke about John Brown of Arizona going against New Orleans. We like him a lot. Um, Sammy Watkins of Buffalo against Indianapolis. He's a guy I'm staying away from. Uh, I got to see the Buffalo passing game to believe it. I do right. like, Doug, I do like Amari Cooper of Oakland against Cincinnati. I think Oakland comes out and tries to uh, establish this kid. I think Amari Cooper comes along and has a nice game as well. Doug? Yes. I'm okay, here. you ready? I thought I, lo- I thought I lost you for a second there, Doug. Oh, the joys of doing blog talk radio over the phone. Uh, Doug, let's slide over the tight end, right? We know Gronkowski's the best. He came on the field tonight, and he proved it. Uh, we mentioned Greg Olson. I think he's going to have a big game against Jacksonville. <coughs> Doug, let's talk tight ends for a minute. Other than those guys, who do you love? Uh, well, once again, in shootoutsville, I like Larry Donnell against the Cowboys. I mean, I, I can see him for a tight end, not bad numbers. You know, I can see him getting four or five grabs for about 60, 70 yards, possibly even a touchdown. Um I like Kyle Rudolph against the 49ers this week because Adrian Peterson will be running amok against the 49ers, and he's going to leave some wide-open spaces for those wide receivers or for the receivers in general uh, for Minnesota. And I can see Kyle Rudolph really benefiting from that a lot. Yeah, I like Austin Safar and Jenkins this week uh, for the same reasons you were talking about liking Jameis Winston. Uh, yeah. You know, I think, I think against Tennessee, especially if Mike Evans doesn't play, you know, there's, there is something to be said, Doug, about a rookie quarterback throwing to a tight end. Uh, we've seen it before. Because of that, I like Delaney Walker. I like both tight ends in this game. I like Delaney Walker, and I like Austin's Farm Jenkins. you got these two young quarterbacks trying to establish themselves. When all else fails, you dump it to the tight end. I think both those guys could have nice games. Well, you know, uh, Anthony, it's funny. He, he's my third uh, tight end, uh, Austin Ferris Jenkins. I, I see him getting about six, seven receptions, over 100 yards, possibly even a touchdown. He's a massive target. He is, he's uh, very deceptively fast. And like you said, with Mike Evans not being there, uh, the tight end is the guy to go to. And Jameis Winston was a big tight end guy in college. And you know what? He don't change from one year from college to, to, to the pros. So I, I can see him targeting his tight end a lot this week, or actually all season long. I agree. Doug, Owen Daniels um, now playing for Denver, going against his former team from last year, the Baltimore Ravens. Doug, Owen Daniels, I think he's going to have a beast of a season. Um, Last year after week eight or week seven, he was the eighth-ranked tight end in all of the NFL. Um, He's going to Peyton Manning. Interesting stat on Peyton Manning. I was doing some work for Draft Valet. Uh, Peyton Manning has thrown at least six touchdowns to his tight end for 10 years in a row. Uh, he's got a good one in Owen Daniels. Could be a nice season for Owen Daniels and a nice game for Owen Daniels this week against Baltimore. Yeah, I have him actually lined up in one of my several leagues that, I am, uh, that I'm in. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a solid tight end anyway, and he has Peyton Manning throwing to him. So, I, I mean, it's really it's a no-brainer. And, again, you know, Baltimore, I'm not sold on, on Baltimore being that, that tough a defense. I, th- I can see him going for uh, definitely at least double digits this week as far as uh, fancy points. Doug, one of my sleeper tight ends this week, and I think all year, is second-year tight end Richard Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. 
He passed Andrew Qualis on the depth charts this preseason. And this week, he's got a matchup on the road at Chicago. Doug, Chicago couldn't stop your peewee team last season. I don't see that changing much this year. Um, you know, I know Green Bay's, you know, they lost Jordy Nelson, but they got Devontae Adams. I think they made a great move bringing back James Jones. He fits in that system. And they've already said he's their wide receiver three. So all that love we talked about, Ty Montgomery and Jeff Janis, well, they're now wide receivers four and five with James Jones coming back. I think Richard Rodgers could be a sneaky low-end tight end uh, uh, going forward, especially this week at Chicago. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, I was I was grueling over him uh, when I was doing my sit and start list. Uh, and I, I was thinking, Richard Rodgers, do, do I, do, which, which list do I put him on? And I'm not really comfortable putting him, him on either. I mean, I could see him getting a lot <laughs> of touches, but, uh, you know, I mean, if you, if you have him and you don't have a better option – I could say start him. If you have somebody, I would start. I would start uh, Safarius Jenkins over him in a second. You know, and he's mm-hmm. a rookie in a, in a much much weaker offense. Uh, I mean, I, I want to believe in Rodgers, but you know, Anthony. Also, I also had him last year, and I got burned by him. And you know, once bitten, twice shy. So I'm a little bit hesitant right now. I need to see a little bit more from him before I'm actually ready to invest in him. Are you willing to own him or bench him, or right now is he a waiver wide guy for you? Uh, if I'm in a 14 or 16 team league, then yes, I'm definitely going to own him. 10 or 12, he's a waiver guy for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Doug, we talked. We didn't really preview uh, defenses during the summer because I think you're like me. I'm not <clears> going to fall in love with a defense. Um, I'm going to look almost every week at matchups, and I'm going to play them. Like, for example, my number one defense this week might be the New York Jets. At home against the Cleveland Browns, the Jets may be at the very t- top of my list on the defensive side of things. Um, but you know what? The truth is, in a fantasy league, depending on the scoring system, a defense can win or lose you a game. So are there any defense you thought, do, do you agree with me on the Jets, or are there other teams you like better? You know, Anthony, you, you mentioned before the show that, that I'm talking to you via telephone, but it seems like we are of the same mind because the Jets are also on my start list this week against the Browns. Uh, I mean, they're they're a tough defense anyway. You know, they're one of the top defense. Maybe, maybe I want a top top ten defense definitely. And you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're playing they're playing home. And uh, I mean, I'm, I I actually have them in two leagues, and I'm I am more than comfortable and starting them in both leagues. And, Anthony, let me ask you this. What do you think, as far as the Jets' offense is concerned, what do you think, and I was kind of toying with this idea, what do you think about starting the Browns' defense against the Jets? I don't think it's a terrible idea either. I really don't. I haven't thought about it much, but I think it's not a bad idea. Um, My only concern is, and this is always the kiss of death with the defense, is the old, you know, Josh McCown pick six the other way. And now his turnover hurts your defense. But I don't think it's terrible. I do think Ivory's going to be able to run the ball on them. Um, I think the Jets could put up 17 points and win this game 17-10. to 10. So, not terrible. I think Fitzpatrick will do what Fitzpatrick does. He'll throw for a touchdown or two, and he get intercepted once or twice as well. Um, but it's not a terrible, terrible idea going with both of those teams' defenses because offensively I think they're all both a little stunted. Yeah, I agree. Uh, another defense I like this week a lot, and I, and I, I was looking on uh, Yahoo. They're not really owned a heck of a lot in this in uh, in Yahoo. Uh, I like the Packers against the Bears. Uh, 
What you yeah, about I got to agree with that. I mean, yeah, how many? I mean, Jay Cutler's going to throw how many picks? Two, three picks. Alshon Jeffrey a, may not play. I wrote down. Uh, I had a prediction for Cutler. I had him throwing eleven interceptions in one quarter against the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one lost fumble. <laughs> Twelve touchdowns. Fair enough. Um, but I mean, if, when you think about the Bears. Right? No Brandon Marshall. Alshon Jeffrey, even if he plays, it seems like he'll be limited with the calf. So you're leaning on Forte. You're leaning on Martellus Bennett and Eddie Royal. Uh, Forte is terrific. Bennett's solid, but it's not going to scare you. Cutler's at quarterback. I like Green Bay's defense as well. Um, I think I like. What about the Colts' defense against Buffalo, Doug? I wouldn't normally go with the Colts' defense, but you don't have a quarterback that scares you there and you know how to game plan you game plan against LaShawn McCoy uh what about Indianapolis at Buffalo well you know uh first I want to say um I actually have Buffalo they're one of the top ranked defenses some people have them ranked one two or three uh I'm actually I would sit Buffalo against the Colts and I would have no problem playing the Colts defense against the against the Bills mm-hmm. no I, I would I would agree with that I, I like that matchup uh, Miami at Washington, I think that's a great matchup. you got to figure Kirk Cousins is going to get picked a couple of times. Oh, that's um, a no-brainer. No-brainer. No-brainer, right? Cleveland at the Jets. Jets at both, both those defenses. Uh, Minnesota playing the the 49ers. That, that doesn't bother me that much either. This is not the same 49er offense. Carlos Hyde has some question marks about him. Torrey Smith, Anquan Bolden, Colin Kaepernick. Um, I feel good running out the Vikings defense. Yeah, Anthony, um, you know, it's funny. Uh, once again, you and I are of the same mind because I was ta- I was listening to, I think it was, it was Tim Hasselbeck saying this preseason that the Minnesota Vikings are, a, you know, they're not a dominant defense, but they're definitely a defense. You want to catch one of those defenses that's on the rise, and they're on the rise this year, you know. And this week, um, I think I, 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 I wouldn't mind playing them at all. Very, I mean, if you're playing uh, FanDuel, very inexpensive defense, I'm sure. Yeah, like this you said, week I was – I was just on FanDuel. You know, you look at the defenses. Um, let's see. The Minnesota defense. Let's see if I can find them as quickly as I possibly can. Anthony, the, well, why the, do I just want to say that uh, uh, Antonio Brown is seven receptions for 109 yards, so he's really he's, he's uh, gotten no, your points worth this week. Yeah, he does what he always does. He puts up a solid game every week. His consistency is really fascinating. Um, and I will say all along that, in my view, he should have been the number one pick in every single draft out there. Um, you know, that's just that's just the be-all and end-all. I just think his consistency, as my friend Bob Long of ffconsistency.com would say, is is off the charts. Now, Doug, you were asking about the Minnesota defense. The top-costing defense is the Seahawks at $5,000. Okay. Um, the Minnesota defense I'm is going 3, the like same it. as the Jets for 4400 44 okay. 4400 I actually, Doug, this week used on the cheap the Oakland Raider defense. It was the cheapest defense out there for $4,000. Um oh. They're at home against the Bengals. I think Jeremy Hill can have a good game, but I think Andy Dalton's just uh, an iffy player at best. Um, your thoughts on me playing the Oakland defense against the Bengals? You know, again, I was, I was looking. I was looking for 
low-ranked defenses that may be on the rise. Minnesota popped out at me, and another team that popped out at me, again, Anthony, this is kind of scaring me, was the Raiders. They're, I think they're a team on the rise. I think they're a team, and, and you know what? They're teams you love to hate and teams you hate to love. And the Raiders, they're one of those teams, I, I, I mean, they've been so bad for so long that I, I want them to do well. And I think they're finally taking you know, a few steps in the right direction. I think the defense is going to be, uh, I mean, usually they're one of the bottom defenses when the season's over as far as fantasy. I can see him being around 18 to 16 this year and definitely going in the right direction. So I have no problem with you taking uh, Oakland against Cincinnati. All right, Doug, with just a few minutes left, just want to throw this out there, um, some daily information. I'm just going to throw some of my teams out there. Um, this is on FanDuel with the $6,000, $60,000 budget. Um, I started Ryan Tannenhill at quarterback against Washington for 8000 My running back combination, I went with Jeremy Hill uh, against Oakland for 8600 and Jonathan Stewart for 7100 My wide receivers, I went Calvin Johnson against the Chargers, eighty five hundred. Brandon Cooks against the Saints, against the uh, the the Cardinals for seventy four hundred. And then Devontae Adams against the Bears, he was a cheap play, only fifty five hundred. I went Greg Olson for fifty nine hundred against the Jaguars, and then Jets defense against Cleveland for forty four hundred dollars. That was one tournament I'm in. Uh, the second tournament. This is a tournament that involves the Thursday night game. The one I just said was Sunday only. Um, the Sunday night, the Thursday tournament, uh, I went with Tom Brady. I like Eddie Lacy and Chris Ivory. Beckham, Amari Cooper, Jordan Matthews, uh, Delaney Walker. Uh, and I, in that one, I went with the Raiders. Uh, I think there's a lot of terrific options for a good price this week on both. And then in my... One dollar game. I played DraftKings for very little. Um, you know, my my DraftKings team. I did go with Brady again. Jeremy Hill for seventy one hundred. Eddie Lacy for seventy five. Odell Beckham, John Brown, Marcus Wheaton, who's now up to five point six points. He's got uh, one reception for twenty six yards and a two point conversion on the night. Jordan Cameron, Chris Ivory in a flex position, and again the Raiders defense, Doug. So, so those are some, some daily options. Feel free to contact me on Facebook or Twitter uh, for more daily information with some start-sit stuffs. Uh, Doug, we, well, one of the things we need to do when I see you over the course of the next couple of days, we need to get you hooked up, get your natural addictive personality flowing, <laughs> and get you up on, that, on the daily game, my friend. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I mean, as you're talking, all you're doing is, is like you're you're just teasing me, you know. And uh, I'm, like, like I said, my, my addicting personality, I want more. I want more. And uh, by the way, Lewis, I believe, did he score a touchdown? Oh, no. Wow. Lewis fumbled, and I think Gronk recovered the touchdown in the end zone. Here's the play now. He fumbles. Okay, so he's on the bench next week, so forget about adding him. Gronk, yep. is that a touchdown? <laughs> interesting. Yeah, Very interesting. So, uh, no, he's on the one-yard line, I think. He's on the one. He slid in. so It'll be, it'll be a, a goal line play right here. Yeah. Yeah, that's not in the end zone. And Anthony, I just want to say really quick, how many yards was the reception by Wheaton? 20, I'm looking at it right now, 26-yard catch on the sideline. 
Um, okay, yeah, don't don't sleep was, on Wheaton. I mean, people are going to be upset with him because he didn't have a very good numbers game fantasy-wise at all. Uh, his catch, like I said, the drop he had before, he almost had it. He really laid out for it. Uh, his catch on the sideline was a really nice catch. His feet were just planted on the sideline. I think as he and uh, he and Roethlisberger get on the same page, I think he's going to uh, be a decent maybe – possibly wide receiver four as the season goes. Maybe three once in a while, possibly a flex. Yeah, I agree. If somebody drops Wheaton, you know, if you're one if you're playing in a league with one of those owners who uh who who starts adding and dropping after the first week and runs out of patience and gives up on Wheaton, jump all over that opportunity. Some That's quick updates on, on 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 some stats here. Uh we're in the fourth quarter, about ten minutes left. It's twenty one fourteen Pittsburgh. Roethlisberg is thrown for two forty six D'Angelo Williams, 20 carries for 120 yards. Antonio Brown, you mentioned it, Doug, 109. Heath Miller, 6 for 59, um, leading the way there for Pittsburgh. Uh, Brady, 258 and three touchdowns. Deion Lewis, 11 for 63. The fumble's going to hurt. Gronk, 93 yards, two two touchdowns. Julian Edelman, Doug, 10 catches, 87 yards. Um, It's really just been the Edelman, Gronk, and Brady show up there in New England. Hey, but, Anthony, uh, real quick. Doug, oh, I'm sorry. Yep. Can I, I'm sorry, real quick. Can you repeat uh, Heath Miller's uh, numbers there for me? I thought he had... Six for 59? He, Heath Miller is at a very respectable six for 59, yes. Because I had I had it written down for six for 65, so not not too bad, not too bad. That's not bad. That's a pretty good, that's a Swami-like prediction, my friend. <laughs> uh, uh, that's for sure. But, uh, all right, folks, we are just about out of time. I want to thank uh, you all for listening as we help prepare you for Fantasy Football Week 1. Uh, hoping you enjoyed the, store, the show wherever and whenever uh, you were able to listen, uh, whether you listen on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes. Make sure you go to iTunes, look for the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Uh, subscribe, download, rate, and comment on the show. We appreciate the love. Uh, don't forget, follow the show on Twitter, at Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. And also on Facebook, just search the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Post your questions, your comments on Twitter or on Facebook. I'll answer your questions all weekend long uh, regarding fantasy football. We'll even talk some baseball as my New York Mets are in the sixth inning with a 3 nothing lead. Bartolo Colon has five more shutout innings. I think he's up to 30 shutout innings in a row. The man is ageless. He's built like me. Just fat and out of shape, but he could throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, and I can't. That's the difference in our lives right now, me and Cologne. Um, don't forget, Tuesday night, 9 o'clock, I'll be co-hosting Roto Ball of Fantasy Sports Radio with my friend Real Talk Raph, as we'll look back on the week and then predict some waiver wire. We'll talk some waiver wire talk. And then every Thursday night, Douglas and I back here on the Anthony Aniano Show helping you preview the upcoming week. Doug, this has been a lot of fun. Great stuff. Thanks always. Have yourself a great week, my friend. You too, sir. And take a minute tomorrow to just remember, uh, never forget 9-11, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, mentioning that. Um, For Anthony and Doug, this is the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Good night, everybody. Mm